Washington Hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. The Minnesota Wild embark on a four-game road trip and come back three and one. Not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, that last game wasn't so good, but I four to nothing lost to Boston. Too bad that I had to put a dampener on it. And very sloppy game. Lots of lucky bounces for Boston. Just nothing went right for Minnesota whatsoever. And Staylock wasn't on his best game ever either as well. It was just an overall nasty night for Minnesota on a back-to-back. The game where both Montreal and Minnesota duked it out forever. <laughs> it's a one nothing victory for the Wild. Pretty wild game there. But we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. Let's open up with Toronto. The Minnesota Wild ring in the new year on the 3rd of January. Looks scary as hell. <laughs> Mitchell Warner right off the faceoff is basically on his own. <laughs> Just basically split right through the Wild defenders for his 14th goal of the season. Right up, right past uh, Dubnik's left shoulder there. Unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Seven seconds into the game. Just five minutes later, Warner would score again from Tavares. He couldn't believe it. Four minutes later, Charlie Coyle, who's been playing fantastic. That third line or second line, it's kind of more of the second line. And basically, they officially call it the second line right now. Coyle with Parisi. And Mr. Cunning have been playing phenomenal together. Cunning would pick up a few assists this week. In fact, three of them. You gotta like that. Spurgeon had a three-point game in Toronto. Incredible night for him. A couple of assists, a goal <clears throat> to put the Wild back in the game or tie it back up again anyway. Koivu would get rewarded for his hard work. He's been centering, I guess, what you call the third line. It's kind of interchangeable, but... Uh, they seem to get more minutes, but the Coyle-Parisi-Cunning line has been playing so well together, and why the heck would you want like your best goal scorer to be on what you'd call the third line? It's strange, but they're playing so well together, it doesn't matter. Coyle, Cunn, and Parisi. The guys that haven't been playing so great, or at least not putting the puck in the net all so much, of late have been Koivu, <laughs> Nita Ryder, and Jason Zucker, who can't hit the broadside of the barn. I mean, I don't know if his confidence is gone or what the deal is, but the guy's accuracy has just vanished. J- Jason Zucker cannot hit the broadside of a barn. I mean, he'd think he would have scored about two or three goals this past week, I mean, they they were gimmies, especially one against the uh, Boston Bruins right over the net. I was like, what? What was that? In a similar situation against Montreal, very inaccurate shooting of late. Just terrible. And he's not even far away. Uh, Stahl has been in- inaccurate as well. So Stahl, Greenway, and uh, Mikhail Granlin have been playing together for a little for, for a bit now on that top line. It's been they've been playing okay, but Stahl, generally speaking, has not been what we saw last year. In fact, not even close. And you figured he'd drop off a little bit, but he hasn't been the same guy. Uh, he's usually a slower guy, but then again, like lulling the goalie to sleep and making a nice play, but he's not doing that either. His accuracy is off, so the frustration continues there. Uh, Parisi would add his 18th goal of the season to put the Wild ahead on the rebound off of the Charlie Coyle shot. Coyle ultimately getting his 13th assist because of that. Coyle getting the puck on net. But Parisi ultimately finishing in that second, third, whatever the heck line it is, <laughs> getting the job done, helping the Wild actually beat the Toronto Maple Leafs on the road. Extremely exciting game. Very early in the third period here, as Devin Dubnik would have to be pretty sharp down the stretch. He made uh, 38 out of 41 stops again. But then again, you know, after going down 2 nothing, just five minutes into the game, it was scary as hell. You thought for sure the Wild were going to lose. A matinee game in Toronto. They're one of the best teams in the league now, and their scores are just crazy and you figure this is going to be a loss. But no, great effort by Minnesota getting back in this one and getting the job done. And Spurgeon, who I kind of semi-criticized on the last episode, saying he'd been so quiet this year. Huge week this week. Incredible week. Uh, he'd get multiple goals against the Ottawa Senators. Just a huge week. Five points in two games for Jared Spurgeon. Three in this case. Two assists and a goal against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Very fun game for Minnesota. Very fun experience for us to watch a matinee game on a Friday afternoon. Pretty strange, but it was Kids Day in Toronto, so pretty cool. Toronto, Ontario, they had Kids Day. You don't usually expect a matinee game on a Thursday afternoon. Kind of weird, unless it's like a holiday or the day after a holiday, but well, it's June the 3rd, but it's because it was Kids Day, so it's kind of a fun thing. Kids, I guess, playing hooky that day, or playing hockey hooky, something like that, but fun experience for them, I'm sure, and uh, you gotta like what took place there. Very emotional thing happened in uh, Ottawa, we'll talk about as well. Devin Dubnik signing a stick for a young man. That was pretty impressive there. But a 4-3 win versus the Toronto Maple Leafs. Devin Dubnik very sharp. Frederick Anderson 
not in net in this case. It was Michael Hutchinson, who we've seen a few times with the uh, Winnipeg Jets, and actually, uh, yep, with the Winnipeg Jets at times in the past, and the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, overall, a uh, not a good game for him necessarily down the stretch. Not the worst game ever, though. I mean, Minnesota was sharp. Minnesota was putting good shots. I mean, they're making the most of their opportunities, and they end up scoring four goals in regulation. Very impressive regulation victory for the Minnesota Wild over the vaunted Toronto Maple Leafs. So you move on to play the not-so-vaunted Ottawa Senators, a team a lot of people would figure, well, they're looking to get like one of the top five picks in the draft, and they probably will. Odds are very uh, strong with that. Matt Duchesne, a lot of people saying if the Wild are buyers coming up to the trade deadline, that Matt Duchesne should be the guy the Wild would go after. Well, he would score extremely late in the first period after a very... uh, Whew, I mean, Dubnik was incredible in this game. I mean, when you consider what he faced in that first period, kind of similar to how things started against Toronto, like a joke. I mean, Ottawa was dominating Minnesota in the first period, absolutely dominating the Minnesota Wild. And then things just clamped down big time. I mean, Ottawa would get 15 shots on net in the first period. They wind up with 27 total. So do the math there the rest of the game. Wild definitely put the clamps down on this one. But Matt Duchesne able to come out of the penalty box and beyond the break, uh, Brodeen just took a bad angle, and that was kind of all she wrote. Good uh, forward pass by Zach Smith. Matt Duchesne able to beat uh, Dubnik coming out of the net, trying to uh, do a poke check on Matt Duchesne. Duchesne was able to get around him and finish, and a lot of people, again, would not be against uh, the Minnesota Wild training for Matt Duchesne because, again, Ottawa is, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a while till they're good again. It's going to be a little while, and... I don't know. I think the Wild are kind of heading this direction as well, possibly. The only thing is the Minnesota Wild during this past week are officially halfway through the, uh, which is just the weirdest thing ever, halfway through the contracts with Parisian Suter, being it's an odd number, 13 years, so six and a half years in. Mm, six and a half years in. Can, can, can you believe when that, when you sit down and think about it, there's our seventh year with the team already in yeah, six years remaining after this season is just uh, really something else. We sit down and just are like, huh. That's a lot. Well, yep, Jared Spurgeon would score very early in the second period, and in fact, he would score twice. He was working together with that awesome Parisi, Cunning, and Coyle line in both of his goals, and he was able to score. They all worked together. Parisi, again, would score from Cunning and Coyle in the game. I mean, this this line, this third line, second line, I'll call it the second line, factored in on four goals in this game. I don't know, three goals in this game, pardon me. Uh, Jordan Greenway and the top line, was able to finish there with his seventh goal of the season. Him and Spurgeon both have seven goals on the year. That top line would get something, but no, three goals in the game officially combined with that second line, we'll say, with Spurgeon, Parisi, Cunning, and Coyle all working together in those situations. Pretty awesome uh, combination. Parisi able to get his 19th goal of the season. And the guy, I mean, he has so many scoring chances, and he's been finishing on a lot of them. 19 goals already. He's on pace for about 38 on the season, 38 or 40 on the season. Beautiful year for Zach. He's on pace. He's basically a point a game this year. He's officially leading the team in scoring. I mean, he has just been remarkable throughout the season. What an awesome renaissance story, and what a shame if Minnesota is not really much of a playoff team. Like If we make it, we're just an eighth seed, and we're sacrificial lambs for Winnipeg or Nashville again. Or maybe we pull a LA Kings, a 2012 LA Kings, which would be great, but the odds of that are not very good, because that just doesn't happen very often. Not many teams go from the 8th seed to the Stanley Cup championship. I mean, it's one thing you get to the final. It's one thing you you get past the first round, which is nice. Getting past the first round is nice, but then if you just lose right away, it doesn't mean a whole lot. It's cool, cool little upset, but then, eh, you're, you're out in the second round. You know, like another situation where the Wild would get past St. Louis or Colorado and then get ousted by Chicago, which was frustrating. So you don't want to go through that again. It would be nice to have a nice miracle season or you know, maybe have home ice advantage throughout the playoffs or something beautiful like that. A couple years ago, that was a very strong possibility. And Minnesota couldn't even get past the Blues in the first round. Two versus seven. Very devastating situation there. To think that was just a year and a half ago is pretty crazy. But uh, Minnesota is what they are right now. Climbing back into the playoff picture a bit here during the course of these victories on the road. Four to three win over the Ottawa Senators. An overall fun game. The Senators have scores. They definitely have scores, but again, the defense is not good in this game at all. Parisi's goal drew a lot of boos from the audience. Uh, 
just they could not get they would not get the puck out of the crease. The Ottawa Senators they're just kind of sleeping on the job there, kind of like the Gophers against Union a couple of years ago in the national championship game. Similar situation where the Wild had too much time. There was too much. There was a loose puck. Nobody was helping out uh, Nielsen, the former Vancouver Canuck, who had just gone to uh, Ottawa in a trade. Um, unbelievable. So hey, we'll we'll take it. Parisi able to put the Wild up four to two in that situation because again Ottawa was just kind of sleeping on the job there defensively. Uh, along with Nielsen, Carr tried to freeze the puck, but he just wasn't in range and nobody was helping. They're just kind of drifting around and Parisi was able to get his 19th goal of the year. Mark Stone would make it a one-point game and all that, one-goal game and all that, but uh, Devin Dubnik very strong down the stretch and then he was able to sign the stick, which was great. Uh, very impressive moment getting it to the kid who got tears in his eyes and that was an awesome little moment, Devin Dubnik being... Uh, you know, one of those type of guys who really uh, made someone's day there, and that was awesome. Uh, Parisi ultimately three points in the game, two assists, and that goal, the uh, game icer, we'll call it, the dagger, we'll call it, able to put the Wild ahead by two, despite Mark Stone's goal to make it a one-point game. But uh, Luke Cunningham with his first multi-point game in the NHL, congratulations. So now he has four assists. Unfortunately, had a goal disallowed a week ago, which would have been great against Chicago, would have had his... First goal of this season, because remember, he did score a goal last year, so um, Cunnan finally getting some points now because he's been playing with the Coyle and Parisi. Coyle's playing so much better than he had been. He'd been completely invisible. Uh, Niederreiter's completely invisible still. And again, Mr. Jason Zucker has been pretty bad, I'd have to say, at the end of the day. You would see the return of uh, Yul Eriksson against the Boston Bruins, and that was uh, worse. He was worse, not better. So that's great. Uh, that's because, unfortunately, poor Eric Fair would get hurt in the Montreal game, unfortunately. Um, that was a tough situation. Very early, the Minnesota Wild had many opportunities to score, and they couldn't because Carey Price was awesome. But uh, also, <laughs> Eric Fair, before, at the end of the game here, when Ottawa would have a surge and opportunities, the Minnesota Wild blocked several pucks, including Eric Fair, uh, multiple blocks in the game. Extremely impressive uh, job by him. Both blocks were pretty big stingers down the stretch. One near the end of the game, he got hit in the shoulder pretty good. And then at the end, in the knee area, of course, again, with the the pads and everything, but still, it got through a bit, and the guy could hardly walk, the poor guy. Obviously, you're still going to get hurt. It might have hit an area where there wasn't a whole lot of padding, and that's unfortunate. Uh, Eric Fair hit pretty good there, but luckily, able to skate it off at the end, barely. Poor thing. <laughs> and he was able to return against Montreal. But again, uh, awesome play. Eric Fair stopping the Ottawa there from uh, an opportunity to tie the game up down the stretch in the empty net situation. Great block by Eric Fair, laying on the ice in pain, but with a smile on his face because Minnesota would come out with the victory. What a gritty, gritty fourth-line center that guy is. I I love Eric Fair, and I could see why uh, Bruce Boudreau loved him with the Washington Capitals years ago. His lack of production over the years was not impressive, but he's been pretty productive this year. And then you're also seeing, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot to this guy, and Gosh, he was 6-1 and one in the face-offs. How impressive is that in this game? Spectacular uh, performance by Eric Fair in the face-offs. I would have to say he was the best. Best on the team. Um, very key face-off wins, too, in certain situations. But uh, Minnesota able to survive a leaky, nasty kind of game against Ottawa. But again, it's a good offensive performance by the Senators. A good offensive team and all that. But the Wild had to really uh, protect themselves down the stretch there. Preventing shots getting on net. So again, the Wild putting the clamps down nicely. Montreal, Canadiens. Canadiens on Monday <laughs> in Montreal. Monday, January the 7th. Minnesota would get a major penalty, not against us, but against the uh, Montreal Canadiens. Again, later on, though, in the first period also, yeah, Nick Sealer had a game misconduct. Ten minutes. Uh, Kenny Augustino. Definitely tough situation there. The hit on Eric Fair boarded him into the wall. Basically put his head into the wall. Kenny Agostino, very rough situation there. Drawing the ire of many, a Minnesota Wild player, including, again, Nick Seeler, like I said. He would get a 10-minute ten uh, ten misconduct penalty, as did Agostino. He was ejected from the game with the situation there. The fighting the fighting with Nick Seeler, and then the game misconduct. He was ultimately out of there for that. That was messed up. Uh, definitely a bad play there by... Uh, Kenny Augustino literally boarding uh, Mr. 
Eric Fair into the wall, and that's why you would not see Eric Fair with Minnesota against Boston. You'd see Yul Eriksson Eck for uh, centering the fourth line again, and he was terrible, flat out terrible in the Boston game. Terrible. Uh, Devin Dubnik was outstanding in net. Carey Price was outstanding in net. About two, three years ago, when Carey Price was at the top of his game, you would expect this type of a game, a one nothing type of game against the Montreal Canadiens, and we got games like this very often. I remember these low scoring nights against Montreal when Carey Price was in net. We lose one nothing, two to one type of game. Dubnik versus Price, or even Baxter when he was better, versus Price. I believe even, uh, what's his name, uh, Darcy Kemper had a good game in Montreal in the past, or just versus Montreal. And then all of a sudden the floodgates opened. Uh, the chemistry with Montreal was not good, and Carey Price generally wasn't sharp, but he's been much better of late. And the Montreal Canadiens have played very well of late, too. They've been scoring goals, and Carey Price has been outstanding the past few weeks for Montreal. It's been a completely different story, looking like the MVP Carey Price again. But uh, on this night, Montreal would just not get a puck past Devin Dubnik, fortunately. 32 saves for Devin Dubnik for the shutout. Uh, Mikhail Granlin had a nice screen from uh, Jordan Greenway, which ultimately, again, was a legal screen because he was out of the crease. Barely, he stopped just before the crease, and the Montreal defender both were kind of screening Mr. Carey Price from Granlin, who was so patient before releasing the puck. He just waited, 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 hesitated, and then let it go past Terry Price midway through the third period and the Wild would escape with a one nothing victory over the Canadians. A great uh, patient goal by Mikhail Granlin. Unfortunately, no assists, which is funny. So unassisted officially for Mikhail Granlin. It was a pretty entertaining game despite the lack of scoring. Obviously, many, shot at, many attempts in the game, many uh, scoring opportunities, especially for Montreal. Dubnik was pretty damn good in this game. Uh, Terry Price, if he faced some shots from Minnesota again, though, Zucker was just terrible in the game, I thought. He was missing opportunities. He was nothing special. He'd get some opportunities. He was a little better in some moments than others, but generally speaking, the guy is not the same player. Again, his accuracy has not been there. Generally speaking, a big shame. Eric Vera only one shift before that injury at the beginning of the game, which again gave Minnesota a massive opportunity to score. Obviously, he had a a five-minute penalty that doesn't end, basically, after that type of play, and Minnesota could not get the job done. That was quite unfortunate. The Wild unable to score in that situation. That was uh, very disappointing, but it it is what it is. I mean, you get that big opportunity, and you don't score at all, but I I guess that figures that Curry Price was sharp in front of Minnesota, and that's just kind of how things went there. And again, the Wild just not generating the chances you would have liked in the game. Montreal did play a pretty solid, sound uh, neutral zone trap in this game, which sounds funny, you you know, because Montreal's defense had not been good in the past, but there was a neutral zone trap at times in in this game. You could see it uh, developing, and that obviously hindered the Minnesota Wilds' progress in even getting the puck on net in multiple occasions, including during the, the power play opportunities. Good job by Montreal, but luckily Minnesota Stubnik even better than Carey Price in the game. And uh, <laughs> very fortunate at the same time. one nothing victory for Minnesota. Whew, scary. You only score one goal. It sucks because the Minnesota Wild go from four goals against uh, the Toronto, uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, four goals against Ottawa, and then you get only one goal against Montreal and ultimately shut out against the Boston Bruins. A very, very frustrating 4 nothing win. Again, very sloppy. Mounts of the puck, whatever it was. The puck bouncing off the wall, right to Marchand for a one-timer. He timed it perfectly. It was a great play, but still, there's a, there is luck involved because the puck bounced right to him, right to his stick. He was able to time it just right, was Brad Marchand, for his uh, 16th goal of the season. Uh, the Hennon goal was what it was. It was similar to the Mitch Warner goal where just Dubnik was kind of left on, uh, Dubnik, excuse me, Stalock was left on an island. Again, this is a back-to-back, Tuesday the 8th of uh, January <clears throat> Unfortunately there, very unfortunate play. This was like the most legit goal you could say in the game. I mean, the the Bergeron goal was what it was. That's, you know, uh, yeah. I mean, all three of the goals after that were just like, you got to be kidding me. The Dan Hinnon goal was the most legitimate, like, hockey goal. Brad Marchand, okay, no, it was a great, 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 great play. But somebody's got to get to that puck, poke it away, something. But it just didn't happen. And again, a lucky bounce right to Marchand. Again, timed it right, played the carom uh, perfectly and was able to get it past Stalock, who was just not ready for it, basically. Jake Debrusque. Jake Debrusque off the shot from P- uh, 
Patrice Bergeron, who would get two points in this game off of uh, a horseshoe, basically. Right off of Debrus' chest. Right off of Debrus' chest on the power play, and he's just like, okay, I, I guess that counts. All right, cool. 14th goal of the year for uh, Jake Debrusk. Jake Debrusk, who's obviously, you know, he's got some skill. That's why he has 14 goals on the season, but that one, yeah, well, yeah, that one went in off his chest. That's a, that's a power play. You bumped it off your chest. And then Paris Bergeron, some people would say there was the motion on his skate, but whatever. It just ultimately wasn't meant to be. Brad Marchand, three points in the game for the Boston Bruins. This one off of Patrice Bergeron's skate on the power play, his 14th goal of the season. Uh, the Wild would get some chances in this game, but there was nothing special about Minnesota in this game throughout the whole night. They just didn't have their, their legs. They just didn't steam. It just seemed like the kind of game they weren't as interested. Like, okay, we got it against Montreal. Boston's basically got the horseshoe tonight. Every little freaking bounce of the puck is going their way. Uh, Tuka Rask would only have to stop 24 shots. Now, not everything was, was that horrible for the Wild, but generally speaking, you didn't see the energy that you'd see in other games. And it was frustrating. And Yul Eriksson-Eck, back at the uh, fourth-line center, played about 13 and a half minutes and was, generally speaking, doesn't look like he belongs in the NHL right now. And now you got Pat Micheletti literally calling him a bust. Pat Micheletti is literally already calling uh, Yul Eriksson-Eck a bust. And I, and I don't blame him. Um, he's just saying... We missed here. Minnesota missed on this pick, and you cannot miss on a first-round pick, but, well, they may have. Uh, some of you listening might be like, you've got to be kidding me. I don't want to hear that crap. It's too early. And sure, I hope it is. And he needs to go back to the AHL as soon as possible, as soon as uh, hopefully Eric Fair can come back from this uh, pretty concerning situation there, concussion or whatever the heck took place there, some definite uh, damage to his head. That's not good. Um, scary, scary moment there for uh, Eric Fair who'd been playing so well for the Wild and sacrificing his body, but that's the kind of sacrifice that wasn't necessary, and it wasn't him sacrificing, it was just the way it was. A uh, cheap, cheap shot, basically, there. Not cool. Um, Eel Erickson, heck, boy, we... <laughs> I don't want him to be the fourth-line center right now. I'd rather take my chances with Justin Kloos out of uh, Iowa. I'd rather take my chances with him and see what happens. A few years older, obviously, He's been very good down in Iowa. I mean, Yul Eriksson-Eck was phenomenal in Iowa. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we're talking five points in four games for Yul Eriksson-Eck. But he needs more time down there to kind of get his game going here. Uh, the clock's ticking on the guy. He's not old. He's 21. So that's the good part. He was born in 1997. But again, the clock's ticking. Two, three years from now, you're going to be like, okay, Yul, let's go. Let's let, let's go Jewel Eriksson-Eck. Be a, be a jewel of a player. And that would be great. So with that concludes a fairly solid week for Minnesota with an awful finish, though. Just a thud at the end, and I don't know. It's going to happen. You're not going to win every game. You're going to have thud type of nights. Hopefully we can keep these at a minimum the rest of the way, if there is any hope of making the postseason. Minnesota is out of the playoffs at the moment by one point. They had gotten back into the eighth seed with a victory over the Montreal Canadiens, which is quite impressive because the Anaheim Clucks have lost nine. Count them. Nine consecutive games. Let's look at the standings very, very briefly. Sometimes it's good to look at it in the second segment. I'll just look at it now. Tampa Bay, again, way ahead of everybody. 12 points ahead of second place Toronto. Goal differential of 56, which is tops in the league. Toronto second with 35 differential. Number two in the entire NHL. Washington's winning their division by two points over the Pittsburgh Penguins, with Columbus uh, hanging around in third. We got to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights again. We're going to be playing them pretty soon, and that's why I want to talk about them. Dallas is still in third place in the Central Division. Uh, Colorado has not been playing well, despite a solid goal differential of ten. I guess it's not that good. Anaheim now has a goal differential. They're minus twenty-four, despite being in the eighth seed. Minnesota two games in hand, though nine consecutive losses for the Anaheim Ducks. So when I was joking around about like, oh, they'll they'll lose all three games, well, they did. Once in a while, it does happen that way. Vegas Golden Knights have won seven in a row. In their last ten, they are 8-0-2. Unbelievable. Home record of 15-3-3, which is pretty much, that's the best record in the league at home. Unbelievable. The Sharks are pretty deadly at home, as are the Saddledome Calgary Flames, who are just two points ahead of Calgary, uh, two points ahead of Vegas, pardon me, for number one in the West. Number one in the West. That's right. Um, you do not have a sucky division, Flames fans. You have a very good division in Calgary. Uh, outside of the division leaders, yes, it's not a very good division. I, I get that. Anaheim, Vancouver, blah, blah, blah. Go ahead and beat up on those guys, uh, Edmonton and stuff. But uh, 
Vegas and San Jose are going to be knocking on your door, Calgary, without a doubt. Um, Vegas Golden Knights are probably going to win that division again, which is impressive considering how awful they started out this season. They couldn't score on your great-great-grandmother the way it was going. And now, again, when, when Ryan Reeves is your leading goal scorer like a month into the season with four, you got problems. But now they're playing Rick and Austin, and I'm, I'm happy. I'm glad to see the Vegas Knights back in the mix again, and they just might go all the way again. Maybe. I'd rather see them go than Winnipeg. I don't want Winnipeg to go anywhere, man. I like Canadian teams a lot. I'd love to see Calgary go somewhere. Well, maybe not right now, but you get the idea after what happened. But, you know, Edmonton, I like all these teams, except Vancouver, I suppose, um, with the old history there. You know, Montreal, it'd be nice to see them get to the finals again one day. I'm not against that. Toronto, especially. They haven't been to the finals since the 60s, so it would be nice to see them get to the finals again. They won it in the year, the year right before the... Uh, the uh, expansion, way back when the original six were, you know, yeah, they were the original six, literally, still, and uh, that that's the last time Toronto won the Stanley Cup, way back in the in the 60s, when uh, huh, a certain Lyndon Johnson guy was president, so way back in the day. Um, with that, we'll pass out the awards, and obvious, Mike Madano slash Neil Broughton Award is going to go to Zach Parisi, it's no doubt about it, he is, it's like the Zach Parisi Award, that's how good he was this week, and that's how good he's been for the Wild this year. He is the winner of that award if the season ends today, without a doubt. The James Shepard Memorial, big disappointment. Jason Soccer, I'm really unimpressed. I'm unhappy with him right now. It always happens this way. Nito Niederreiter gets his gets his contract, and he's stunk ever since. Coyle is not getting paid that much, so I'm not that mad. 3.2, and he's been playing great. So he's been playing pretty good. And he's been playing about at his level of his contract, I'd have to say. 3.2. Something like that. Maybe slightly underachieving. Very slightly. 3.2 is not that bad in the NHL, obviously. In basketball, you're like the fourth string point guard, basically. I'm just messing around, but... (laughs) In basketball, you're the janitor making $3.2 million. (laughs) So much, so much, like, it's it's complete bullcrap how much people get paid in the NBA compared to hockey. Um, Hockey's so much more dangerous. God... But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you play in shifts, total team effort. I mean, if you if your goalie's not good, you're not going to win. So it's total team effort. And if you're not good in front of the goalie, the goalie's not going to look good. So, yeah, you all know that more than I do probably at this point. Um, but, no, uh, Jason Zucker's been awful. He has been completely awful since, uh, for the most part. I mean, he'll he'll have his moments. He had a golden opportunity all by himself all by himself and couldn't finish against the Canadians right over the net. Like, it was just like, what was that? Uh, really? All by himself? And he shot it over the net. Like, there was no deflection or anything. It just was a bad shot. And I, I, I don't know, Jason. So hopefully he can regain a bit of that confidence, get that scoring touchback, because it's not there right now. And it's it's not fun to watch. It sucks seeing Jason Zucker struggle like that. So it, it, it really does, because we all know what he can do. He can be a 30-goal guy. He's not getting 30 this year without a huge surge the rest of the season. He needs 20 more goals to get there. That's how rough it's been for Mr. Zucker this year. Um, 33 last year. 33. Outstanding season, and it ain't happening right now. And it doesn't help that Stahl hasn't been playing well because the the uh, the uh, chemistry between Stahl and Granlin last year with Zucker was just beautiful. And that's what carried the Wild into the playoffs last year and had us feeling okay about this team. And then down things went pretty quickly against the Winnipeg Jets. So with that, that wraps up the review segment. It ended up being way longer than I thought, but that's okay. I always kind of get a little talkative, a little bit wordy, and uh, getting into the standings, which is fun to look at as well. So with that, we'll take a break and preview four more games again. And, of course, look at the prospects a bit more. Some positive signs. Others are just kind of, you know, it's eh, you know plateauing a bit, unfortunately. back here on Brave the Wild. Time to look at the next four games. Going to be a busy schedule once again, and well, you're going to play one very tough team, and then schedule lightens up a little bit, and then it gets really, 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 really tough again. Or potentially really tough. We'll see how things go with that. We will play the Winnipeg Jets tonight on TSN and NBC Sports. That's cool. Detroit Red Wings on Saturday evening, the 12th. 
Philadelphia Flyers, Monday the 14th, and a back-to-back. So you'll see Staylock against one of these clubs, I'm sure. Who knows? Probably against the Kings, I'm guessing, on Tuesday night on NBC Sports. So that'll be always fun. That's Star Night, or whatever they call it, on Tuesday night, on the 15th, against the Los Angeles Kings in Exo Energy Center. Only one road game in Philadelphia. Definitely all winnable games here, which is encouraging. Love the way the Wild have played against Winnipeg this year for the most part, especially in Exo Energy Center generally the past few years. It has been pretty positive, I'd have to say. Minnesota, again, recently with a pretty impressive win against this club. Their second place in the NHL Central standings, of course. 56 points, only one point behind Nashville. Three games in hand versus the uh, Nashville Predators there. Again, Winnipeg winning 7-4 to four most recently against the Colorado Avalanche. They are 3-2 and two in their last five. Again, lost 3-1 to one against Minnesota on December the 29th. Wrapped up their New Year, uh, New Year's Eve, beating the Edmonton Oilers on the road 4-3. to 4-0 loss at Pittsburgh. Ouch, against DeSmith. Casey DeSmith, who's been really good for the Penguins, and a big reason why they're right back in it again. Damn it, I was kind of hoping they'd drop off. I don't really want to see them win again. Sorry, Chris Porter, if you're listening, I know. Okay, and if they win again, that's good. Obviously, there's a lot of Minnesota ties there. Matt Cullen would be cool to see him win again along with Mr. Jake Genzel, of course, who's been, <laughs> obviously we know his Minnesota ties. Again, his Gophers assistant coach for years, his father, Mike Genzel, obviously <laughs> bleeds maroon and gold, unfortunately no longer with the organization. But uh, Jake Genzel's been a wonderful addition to the Pittsburgh Penguins, of course, playing on that top line with Sidney Crosby. It doesn't get much more fun than that. Pretty cool. So, yeah, good luck to the Pittsburgh Penguins, I suppose. Again, let's move on. Now I'm going off into La La Land again. The Winnipeg Jets defeated the Dallas Stars and Colorado Avalanche pretty harshly, pretty fiercely, the past couple games here. January the 6th, 5-1 over Dallas. Whew! In the 7-4 dem- demolition against the Colorado Avalanche. Seven goals against the Lanch. So, that's that's impressive. That's uh, very impressive at the end of the day, I'd have to say. Winnipeg Jets, again, one of the top teams in the league, blah, blah, blah. Eighth in goals for, eighth in goals against the, the number two power play in hockey. Before, you always thought of them as this defensive team, but they've definitely become an offensive team in a big way. Not so much, uh, yep, they've been giving up goals, but they have been scoring goals like crazy. Patrick Lining, Mark Schaffo, uh Ellers, all of them. Ehlers, man, just unbelievable players. Obviously, Blake, Blake Wheeler now has seven goals, 55 total points. Crazy numbers there. Blake Wheeler, just a wheeler and dealer out there. Mark Scheifel, sorry, uh, 53 points, 23 of them goals. Patrick Liney with 24 goals to lead the club, but only eight assists. So there's a little drop-off there. Kyle Connor, Dustin Bufflin, who uh, has uh, obviously got injured most recently against Minnesota, so he's missed a few games, unfortunately. I'm sure he's not happy at all. Uh, again, 25 assists for the uh, power play quarterback there. 15 power play assists on the season. Only second to Blake Wheeler overall. That top line power play monster Blake Wheeler has become. Again, the former Grover that we would love to have on Minnesota. Wouldn't it be nice? He's been an incredible NHLer. Um, and uh, Phil Kessel's the other pitcher penguin. Minnesota ties. He's had it incredible. Again, his years with the Grovers and such. Um, winnable game for Minnesota. I like the way we play against this team. Terrible playoff series last year. Just terrible. Like Winnipeg would seem tougher to play against last year than they are this year. At least for Minnesota, doesn't mean Winnipeg can't win the Stanley Cup this year. <laughs> they still could easily with this type of scoring, and if they keep it up, very possible. Uh, Patrick Laney has been a wonderful addition to the club, obviously. Um, incredible team. Uh, what, else, what else is there to say? Again, I like the way the Wild play against the Winnipeg Jets. It all just kind of matters. Are the, are the Wild scoring, or is, Win- or is Winnipeg just going to tear us up into pieces? Uh, are we going to have are we going to be alert and ready to go? Minnesota does get up to play this team, and so I think the chances of Minnesota winning this game are extremely strong. I'm actually going to pick a victory for Minnesota, something like 4-3 to three for the Minnesota Wild, 4-3, to 3-2 three, three to two type of victory. Most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild is going to be... <laughs> should we keep Spurgeon going? I mean, he might as well. I think Spurgeon's going to score against the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Wouldn't be surprised if it's Parisi, too. But let's say, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Spurgeon against the Winnipeg Jets. Remember, Zucker didn't do anything in the playoffs against them or Stahl. So I'm not going to pick them. Why would I? Uh, Spurgeon's going to score his eighth goal of the season against the Winnipeg Jets in a 4-3, to 3-2 to type of victory over the Jets. A pretty fun, entertaining game. And then you get Saturday evening against the Detroit Red Wings. They're still very, very much out of the mix it's a home game for Minnesota. I like our chances. We've had some nice games against Detroit. We've had some rotten games against Detroit. Uh, 
<laughs> I mean, I didn't like the way the season started out with this club at all in Detroit. Not an impressive game at all. I think Minnesota's going to avenge that. Uh, Jimmy Howard has been a nice, re uh, nice resurgence here after missing so much time versus the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, John uh, Jonathan Bernier got the victory over Minnesota last time around. Gustav Nyquist has become a heck of a player. His scoring has gone way up this past year. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, that name sounds very familiar, like Todd Bertuzzi. Uh, Thomas Vanek also. Uh, he's only got seven goals on the year, but 17 total points for Mr. Thomas Vanek. Again, his numbers aren't spectacular, but he's a kind of player. He, uh, he's, he's tricky good, obviously, and you know what he's been in the past. Pat Micheletti just loves him. Uh, I, I don't know. He's a minus 12, and he's only got seven goals in the year, and he's missed eight games. Dylan Larkin's overall leading the club in goals and assists. He's been a nice player for Detroit. Gustav Nyquist is a versatile winger who can play on the, both the right and the left side. Obviously a very valuable guy. Uh, love Jimmy Howard. No shutouts for either Detroit goalie so far this year. Wouldn't be surprised if Bernie is in net, but then again, Jimmy Howard's the better goalie, obviously. Bernie had a very nice performance against Minnesota last time around. Minnesota beat him badly a couple years ago with Anaheim, I believe it was. And then next thing you know, against Colorado, against Colorado, he was way better. So, I mean, and then this year with Detroit, he shut us down pretty bad. So, a frustrating night for Minnesota. Bernie generally is better against Minnesota than uh, others. I remember Jimmy Howard had a pretty nice shutout very early in his career against Minnesota years ago, about 10 years ago, when he kind of debuted. Not many people had heard of him yet, and he emerged nicely for Detroit when the Red Wings were, were kind of, you know... They were kind of hanging around, still a pretty competitive team, and he was the backup goalie for Detroit at the time. But uh, Howard, obviously, has, has uh, carved out a pretty nice niche for Detroit. A lot of people would say he's still the best player on the Detroit Red Wings. It's just the defense in front of him hasn't been spectacular. 2.79 goals against average, save percentage 9.16. I expect Howard to be a net. I expect the Minnesota Wild to win the hockey game. Uh, Zach Parise will score number 20 of the season. He'll get his 20th goal of the season versus the Detroit Red Wings and the Wild win the game 3-2. to two. Jimmy Howard gets the win, uh, gets the, does not get the win. I wouldn't be surprised if the Wild actually kept Detroit to only one goal in the game. I, I've got a feeling Devin Dumick's going to have a very strong performance. Uh, Detroit's not the goal-scoring team they were before. Let's go with a 3-1 to one win. Probably even a 2-1 to one game and give, uh, leads way to an empty net, but Parisi will score against the Detroit Red Wings. Goal number 20 at the end of the day. Minnesota they needs to win this game. This would be a really crappy loss if the Wild lose this game. If they have any hopes of making the playoffs, you got to win games like this. You've got to win games like this. I mean, that's just it's that simple. A game that's going to be very tough. It's going to definitely be a quote-unquote trap game and potentially a crap game. I don't think the Wild sweep this back-to-back. -back. And if they do, extremely impressive. It seems like the Wild always have an okay game, a, a solid game, maybe even a very good one, and then they, and then they lay an egg in another. I think versus Philadelphia, I mean, L.A. or Philadelphia, two last-place type of teams right now that have struggled all year. I don't know. <sighs> Maybe I shouldn't be picking anything here. Jeez, I mean, look at look look at this mess. Look how many different guys have been in, have been between the pipes for the uh, Montreal Canadiens or Montreal Canadiens, Philadelphia Flyers. It doesn't help that Brian Elliott's been hurt, but Brian Elliott, fourteen games. 2.59 goals against average. That's respectable. Calvin Pickard. It looks like Picard, but it's Pickard. Uh, four goals against in the eight games he's played. He's 4-2, believe it or not. Carter Hart, 2.68. That's not too bad. Anthony Stolarz, 3.9 in seven games. Michael Neuwirth, as we've heard of before, has struggled forever. Over four goals a game allowed. Alex Lyon. <laughs> Alex Lyon. Over five goals against in this first game. Actually, six goals total against. But he's been in two games, so kind of in and out, you know, uh, in and out performance. And something called Mike McKenna, over four goals a game in his performance. So he started one game and was pulled, obviously, after the four goals. That's why the GGA is higher. Um, he was pulled. Oh, that was for an empty net type of situation. But uh, there are guys that can score in this club. There's some valuable names. A lot of people have talked about Wayne Simmons could be a nice addition to Minnesota. Even Prono. Provorov is a nice uh, young defenseman for the Ivan Provorov, pardon me. Nice uh, up-and-coming defenseman for Philadelphia, but generally speaking, this team is struggling mightily. Their goaltending situation is crazy. This is, this needs to be a win for Minnesota. It does. Um, can I pick the Wild to go 4-0? Nah. I think, if anything, maybe we lose at home to the Kings. 
It's going to be something like that. Either ah, we're not going to lose to Detroit. It's either Winnipeg or the Kings that the Wild will lose to. I think so. We'll see what happens. But I, I got to think the Wild coming off a crappy loss to Boston wins versus Montreal and then loses a trap game here. Maybe some miracle win by Philadelphia to drive us all crazy. They have gone zero and five in their last five games. They lose four nothing to Nashville on New Year's Day, five to three against Colorado, uh, Carolina at home. Pardon me, three to two loss against Calgary at home. Three nothing shutout by Jake Allen and the St. Louis Blues at home. By the way, in Philly, so they're not protecting home ice at all. 5-3 loss at Washington. They'll play the Dallas Stars, the New Jersey Devils in between. Hopefully they end their losing streak against New Jersey or something. And then uh, Minnesota can keep things rolling in a positive direction. I got a weird feeling. I got a weird, weird feeling about this one or the LA Kings game. But this one, it just... Uh, why do I have this strange feeling? The leading goal scorer, Sean Cordia, has been pretty good. 14 or 15 goals on the year. Claude Giroux, obviously one of the best players in the league, over a point a game, but all by himself in a lot of ways. Even though there's talented players like Wayne Simmons, who's dropped off greatly this year compared to what he was in previous years. But the chemistry and players missing and players getting hurt and players leaving, and it's an absolute mess. Uh, it's Chuck Fletcher's club. Are they going to win one for Chuck? Uh, will the... Philadelphia Flyers magically acquire some kind of a goaltender. I think at this point, if I'm the Flyers, I don't care. You know, don't you want like a top pick in the draft? You know, go go ahead. You know, if you're going to trade for a goalie or something, do it in the offseason trade or free agency, this and that. Go ahead and get your top pick in the draft. I know the players are not having fun right now. The coach is not having fun. The general manager is not having fun. The fans are not having fun. But I think more than half of the fans are like, well, don't you want a high draft pick? Wouldn't you rather have a high pick than win a couple five or six extra games because you have a mediocre goalie compared to, like, you know, goalies that barely belong in the NHL? You have, like, an okay goalie or maybe even a slightly above-average goalie. So you win five, six, seven more games, and and then you lose about five or six spots in the draft, and you miss out on somebody. You know, you miss out on the next Brock Besser. You miss out on, you know, somebody who could really help this club and, uh, team up with Claude Giroux, or you miss out on the next Ryan Suter, or something like that. Obviously, Suter did not go that high, but you get the idea. <laughs> you get the idea. Maybe this time he would, you know, that type of situation. So, if I'm Philadelphia, I don't care. It seems like both of the teams, Philadelphia and Los Angeles, were like that, where they don't care. But LA is more dangerous now. Jonathan Quick is, he started off pretty rough around the edges. He's starting to get to look like Jonathan Quick again. Uh, he's not 100% like Jonathan Quick was in the past. But he's getting closer to it. If we're going to lose a game, it's more likely to the Kings, even though the road games are tough. But uh, Philly, to me, there's no excuse. Minnesota needs to win this thing like 4-1, 4-2. Most likely got to score. Let's go Eric Stahl Let's, or Jason Zucker. Jason Zucker, end your damn drought against the Philadelphia Flyers. If it's a time to do it, end it against the Flyers. Fly high against Philadelphia. Fly, Eagle. Fly, I don't want to say that, but... Ah, that's bad. Um, they love flying in Philadelphia, I guess. I guess they're high all the time, but... Uh, Okay, whatever. Um, Jason Zucker's going to end his scoring drought, finally. Please end your scoring drought. Please regain some of that confidence. This is an AHL team, except for a couple guys. Obviously, a couple guys at the top there. You know, AHL goaltending, this and that. Beat the Philadelphia Flyers. Please get the job done. Um, 4-1, 4-2 over the Flyers. Minnesota wins the game. Jason Zucker gets he uh, gets to end his drought, finally. Back-to-back against the Los Angeles Kings. Jonathan Quick is kind of back to being Jonathan Quick again. The goals against was one of the worst in the league. Now it's climbing towards the middle. Quick has dropped his goals against average from like four, starting out this season to 2.88. couple of shutouts since then, since returning from that injury that was uh, really ham. Obviously, it was a meniscus injury. He has come back, and he's been significantly better. Goals against average is now back to 90. Obviously, it's still a work in progress after a rough start. Uh, Jack Campbell was very good in the time he got to be in net, but of course, he got hurt too. Similar injury to Jonathan Quick. 2.21 goals against average during his stint, but expect Jonathan Quick to be in net. I'd be shocked. Uh, Carl Peterson has been okay too, though. He started 10 games. Goals against average 2.61, and he's added a uh, shutout on the season, as did Jack Campbell. Uh, This club does not score. That's the one thing. I mean, the, the Wild have a real chance to get back in the wild card position, maybe even a division leader by the end of the week if the, if all goes well. The Wild need to... This is a golden opportunity for the Wild to go 3-1 and or 4-0 and during the course of this week. They could go 4-0. It's, it's, it's possible. 
it's staring you right in the face. You're playing against a Kings team that doesn't score. They just don't score. There's nobody on this team that scores. They just have, they, you know, their goaltending has improved because, well, it's one of the, it's a future Hall of Famer with multiple Stanley Cups to his name. It's a, uh, and, and, and you're going against a Philadelphia team that doesn't know who their goalie is. I mean, go ahead and put Robson in there. Matt Robson from the Gophers. I mean, you're, you're almost better off doing that. Basically, that's pretty much where the, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers are right now. The Wild have no excuse to lose that game. It reeks of one of those stupid trap games, though, where somehow, someway, oh my God, Philly wins. They go to the shootout and win 3-2. to two. Something stupid, because for whatever reason, we're punchless into the night and can't score against goalie du jour. And that would be really frustrating. Um, this could be a, an extremely low-scoring game if Jonathan Quick is on his night and say... If Dubnik is in net, or maybe even maybe Alex, I mean, obviously it's a back-to-back situation. I think Stalock's going to be the one on the road, and Dubnik at home. That's my guess. I have a feeling it's going to be Stalock in net, but he'll have a solid game. The Wild need to win both of these games. The Wild have a real chance to go four and zero. I have a sneaky feeling that could happen after going down four nothing. Oh, I'm so scared of that freaking Philadelphia game. I mean, even this one has like has a little trap game to it. Uh, L.A. Kings beat Colorado three to two on the road on on uh, New Year's Eve. They lose two nothing to the Vegas Golden Knights in Las Vegas. Six to two thumping at home versus Tampa, the best team in the league. The Kings beat the Edmonton Oilers four to nothing, just like Wayne Gretzky used to do back in the day against his former club in the early nineties. They beat Edmonton multiple times. Oh, no, it was the other way around. Edmonton beat him. What am I talking about? Back in the early 90s, Edmonton beat him and then ultimately faced the North Stars and Chicago Blackhawks in 91 and then 92 in the uh, Campbell Conference Finals, as we called it back then, which sounds pretty cool. I miss calling it that. 3-1 to one loss against the San Jose Sharks in the Shark Tank. 3-1 to one loss against Chris's club there with his uh, former goal, uh, his, his uh, favorite goalie Jones there in San Jose. He's playing a bit better. The Kings will play Ottawa and Pittsburgh in between. Interesting. And then we'll head to Minnesota after two days rest. Ah, oh, boy. Ugh. There's just no excuse. I mean, just look at this. 29 points for Kopitar is your top player. Obviously a great player for the Kings. Drew Doughty's one of the best defensemen ever. Dustin Brown's what he is. He's kind of a, you know, cheap shot artist. Jeff Carter's been He's been better. Obviously, he's dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, Alec Martinez has scored the game-winning goal of the 2014 Finals. Yeah, seems like 100 years ago now. Uh, I mean, Ila Kolvachuk, I mean, you thought he came back from the dead, basically. And I don't know. He's just not the same guy. And obviously, he's missed 10 games this year, 19 points. He's not not even anywhere close. Kind of a meaningless addition at the end of the day. Uh, kind of sad. It was kind of like when Calgary added Yarmor Yager. It got to a point where eventually he's just not good anymore. Um, and that's kind of how it was. Uh, Yager, though, to his credit, is, is quite a bit older than Kovalchuk, to his discredit, uh, in Kovalchuk's case. Minnesota needs to win this game. I mean, your top two goal scorers are Kopitar and Dustin Brown with 11. 11. You've got to beat this team. Uh, nobody else even has double-digit goals. But... Um, you go down to Jeff Carter with eight. He's the seventh leading scorer. So there's kind of a little bit of depth, but they stink. And you got to beat this team. The only reason the Wild lose is if Jonathan Quick is outstanding in the game and some magic happens, which does happen on occasion. Minnesota get the job done, three to two, two to one, whatever it is. Low scoring type of game with Dubnik, I think, in that. I think it's Dubnik in this one. Stalock in Philly, so it'll probably be the opposite. But I'll go with that for now. Minnesota wins the game two to one. I think the Wild have a legitimate chance to go 4-0 this week, but uh, obviously Winnipeg or Philadelphia are the two possible losses here. One of them could be a loss. If the Wild split in these four games, you're screwed because the upcoming schedule is not going to be easy. You host the Anaheim Ducks, which we played well in the last game, but before that it had been really bad, other than uh, Boudreaux's first game against them since uh, coming to Minnesota. The Wild have stunk against Anaheim, and then finally the most recent one, the Wild played well. Uh, Columbus has been a pain in the ass for the Wild forever. The Vegas Golden Knights, last year the Wild swept them. <laughs> They're not sweeping them this year, obviously. And again, well, that's a, that's a, that's a done deal. Ve- Vegas might sweep us this year. That's how much better Vegas is right now. Uh, I think they're a much tougher uh, matchup than they were a year ago for whatever strange reason. And then at Colorado is always a pain in the ass. And then you have the long, long layoff, long all-star break at the end of the month where uh, goody, oh goody, Devin Dumick's the all-star again. And you know what? Here's, here's my thoughts. 
I'm happy for Dubnik to get recognition, despite the fact he's not had as good a year as he's had in the past, when he absolutely deserved to go those years, and he did. But I don't like when goalies go to the All-Star game. You know why, right? Come on, you're, you're facing a bleeping firing squad. It All it does is mind bleep you. I, I don't like it. Every time goalies come back, as well, Dubnik especially comes back from the All-Star game, he stinks for a while. And I don't like it. I wish I wish it was Parisi. God, I wish it was Parisi. He deserves to be in the All-Star game, and I hope and pray to God he can get that last man, as that has not been announced yet. I voted for him multiple times already. I voted for Jeff Skinner. How the heck did Jeff Skinner not get in already for the uh, Buffalo Sabres? Jeff Skinner, 29 goals? Come on, man. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I did not vote for uh, Mark Giordano, by the way. <laughs> I did not. I forget who I voted for in the Pacific Division. I can't even remember. Oh, it's, yeah. Uh, let's see. I can't even. I'm curious now. Pacific Division, who the heck did I vote for? Uh, Drysdale. Yep, that's who I voted for, Drysdale. Um, yep. Oh, man, Brock Betzer maybe should have got. Eh, nope, Drysdale, 23 goals. Come on. Drysdale's way better than all those guys. That's a no-brainer for me. So there you go. With that, let's look at the prospects, finally. And, of course, as always, we will start off with the Iowa Wild. Cal O'Reilly continues to lead the club in scoring, but Justin Clouse's tear continues. Just game in, game out. Just pretty much a point a game, particularly ever since uh, ever since he kind of got out of his funk at the beginning of the season. Leads the club with 12 goals, tied with Mr. Colton Beck and Jerry Fitzgerald, both minor leaguers for quite a while now, unfortunately for them. A little bit older. I mean, Fitzgerald's only 25, so he's still got a chance. Colton Beck's 28, unfortunately for him. But Kloos at 24 could easily be the fourth-line center for Minnesota. And I'd love to have Justin Kloos up here. He's leading the AHL in scoring, and I, I think he's adjusted well to the professional game. And what's good is he's reliable, stays healthy. Dmitry Sokolov chipped a couple of assists most recently, 18 points. Now he's now tied, uh, eight goals or nine goals, nine assists. So that's cool. He was able to catch up there as he was pretty much just scoring goals, kind of like Patrick Liney for the <laughs> Winnipeg Jets. Brendan Mendel continues to chip away the assists, now 19 on the year, but he also added his first goal of the season last night in a loss, unfortunately, to the San Antonio Rampage. Mason Shaw's been very, very, very quiet after literally playing at a point-a-game pace, but still 21 points on the year, Mason Shaw and Thankfully, again, not getting hurt, anything like that. Uh, Sam Honest. Sam Honest finally returned on January the 4th, pretty much the night of the last episode. Very cool to see Sam Honest back again, and he's gotten two points since then, a goal and an assist in three games for Sam Honest. The right winger who I would love to see on Minnesota's power play, at least the second power play unit. Louis Vilpedio has not added any points then, but still, again, his defense has been good. And it's interesting to, to learn that he has actually been playing out of position on the left shot, so that might hinder his scoring a bit, unfortunately, down there in uh, Iowa. So he's actually been playing on the left side when he's a right shot defenseman of late. That's unfortunate. Uh, Carson Susie added two goals, his first multi goal game at the uh, professional level of any sorts. He's now got 11 points in 31 games for Iowa. He's a plus 8 on the season. Brennan Mendel leads the club, tied with Matt Barkowski, who was on Minnesota just about about a week and a half ago there, scoring his uh, scoring against <laughs> the uh, uh, Ottawa Senators, if you can remember correctly. That was pretty exciting for the Wild at home. Matt Barkowski scoring and putting the Wild ahead in that one. Um, Yul Eriksson Eck, I would hope, gets sent down soon. He does still, oh, yeah, but he still had over a point a game. He added another assist in his fifth game. I forgot. He did have five games, not four. So six points so far for uh, Yul Eriksson Eck at the uh, AHL level, but unfortunately, I guess he's back on the fourth line for Minnesota again. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I just, mm, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather take my chances with uh, Justin Close. He's a couple of years older, too. Give him a shot. Give him a shot. Um, I understand, too, Eulerich's neck is significantly larger, and that does help. Uh, Eric Fair is a big guy, and he's a big loss. Right now, hopefully he can get back. Uh, Will Biden has been very nice for, minute, uh, for Iowa the past week or so, adding about three points here now at nine, as he was so quiet. He was stuck at two points for, like, the first 20 games, and now he's at nine. He has been pretty damn impressive. It was, like, I believe two points in 17 games, now at 25. He's got nine points. He's, he added a goal and an assist last night, or... Two assists last night. He had a goal and assist the other night. A couple of multi-point games for him. So Will Byton, the young center, acquired in the Gustav Olofsson trade at the beginning of the season there. Nice uh, nice job, Will Byton, so far. 
uh, the past few weeks at the very least. Uh, nice to see him kind of breaking through a bit, the young man who had so far been mostly ECHL guy, a little bit of AHL action. Uh, Kapo Kalkinen added his fifth shutout the other night. Fifth shutout on the season, but he's kind of been sink and swim of late, unfortunately for him. He does have ten wins on the season, but again, giving up five goals last night again after giving a, after getting a shutout the night before. So, sink and swim so far for Kapo Kalkinen. Up and down, up and down. So, we'll just have to wait and see. Again, it shows inconsistency, but when he's on, he is really, really something. Uh, Brandon DeHame has been wonderful for Providence so far in the in the 20 games he's played, about half the season so far for college. But now getting into the meat of the uh, conference schedules throughout college hockey, all those non-conference games early in the year, yeah, and then you have the long Christmas break in December. He's at 18 points in the 20 games he's played, almost a point a game. He's a plus 14 for Providence, the junior there from Parkland, Florida. He has really come on this year, and it's pretty nice to see uh, Brandon Duham the past couple of years improving his scoring. And obviously more of a playmaker than a scorer, but uh, the guy's got a the guy's got a future, I think, at the NHL level. I'm looking forward to it. Fourth round pick from 2016, taking about 90, <laughs> taking about. Uh, 91 picks after uh, Luke Cunning that year. So we'll see. It's going to be interesting. Uh, Dimitri Sokolov also taken in that draft. That might end up being a really good draft. All three of those guys might play in the NHL one day. And hopefully that is the case. Uh, Jack Stadick is at nine points for the Minnesota Gophers. He has been, uh, well, he's at, he's just, he's, he's already reached his uh, total from last year. The senior, obviously senior right shot defenseman, who again is more of a kind of guy who puts the puck in play, moves it forward. He, he moves the puck forward. He's a second, second hockey assist kind of guy, basically. But he'll he'll get points that way. Unfortunately, a minus five for a Gopher team that hasn't been all that hot this year. But at least they've gained split. Uh, they gained the split this past week against a pretty solid uh, Penn State team, ninth in the country. So that's not bad. Uh, nine points so far, only one goal. But Jack Stadick, eh, he's he's showing he's showing some some scoring touch. Nick Boca stuck at the lower scoring level again. He's more of a stealer, physical, super tough defenseman for Michigan. He's he's a senior also coming out, and a right shot, so it's going to be interesting to see how those guys uh, get to Iowa this year, hopefully. Maybe Boca winds up in the ECHL at the beginning. I'm not sure, but I think Sadek could get to the AHL and go from there. It's going to be very interesting to see how he's going. One interesting note i got to mention as well that's going to drive you crazy. Guess who is leading the uh, Vegas Golden Knights in scoring? And there is a margin between him and the second guy, about four points. Alex Tuck, that's right. Alex Tuck is leading the Vegas Golden Knights in scoring, and they are the number two team in the Western Conference. So, I don't know. And remember how good uh, Eric Halla was last year? And then he got hurt real bad this year, and we'll see. Hopefully he comes back soon. Yeah, they're judging him as month to month. That's just crazy. A guy who might end up being a really nice pick, depending on how you feel about his, uh, obviously, you know, down in the juniors and all that, the WA8, the WHL, the Everett Silvertips, cool name. Just dominating is uh, Connor Dewar. He is absolutely dominating. Uh, 55 points in 38 games, 29 goals. Uh, way ahead of last year's pace, so that's encouraging as well. A third-round pick last year, 92nd overall. Um, interesting thought there. Uh, Sam Hench has again had that hot start for uh, the St. Cloud State Huskies. He's at a half point a game, 8 points, 5 of them goals in the 16 games he's played so far. He's a plus eight, though, for the St. Cloud State Huskies. He must be on a really, really, really good line. <laughs> I think that's part of it. Nick Sweeney, again, national champions and all that. He's been playing solid hockey, again, also for the uh, Duluth Bulldogs. He's at 11 points in the 16 games he's played so far. He's missed time, and he missed time last year, so hopefully he can stay healthy. That might be one thing to worry about, uh, in-and-out injuries here and there. Even Sokolov has that problem. So far in Iowa, and he did last year in the juniors and such. So that's pretty much where we stand right now with some of the major prospects. Obviously, the super major ones, <laughs> you know, I mean, we know about them, Kirill Kaprizov and such. Um, that kind of is what it is. Alexander Kovanov has been really good, but he's also in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. So, again, how can you gauge that so far? Would be nice to see him in the AHL about a year from now, or who knows? Maybe he just flat out makes the team next year. You never know. But uh, it's nice to know, again, I'll say this for the 900th time, just like Dmitry Sokolov. Thank God. He's in North America. That makes a big difference. Jack McBain has continued his very quiet play for Boston College, a team that has dropped off the face of the earth the past couple of years. He's been a national power forever, but they're not good right now, and it's too bad that Jack McBain's on that team instead of somebody else. Like, it's helping. It is definitely helping Brandon Duhame. That team is a 
Providence is definitely a contender. They're going to be in the NCAA tournament, and hopefully Brennan DeHaim uh, pulls something out of his hat and has a really nice, uh, really nice tournament come March. It's going to be fun to watch. So with that, again, we're going to probably sign off for the week. want to thank those of you, though, that have been kind enough to uh, write positive reviews to this show. It's been two weeks in a row. I'm not sure if anybody added this week as well, but uh, it's been really nice. I want to thank those of you that do that. Those of you that are willing to, please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on iTunes if you like this show and you want to support it and bring the rating up a little bit. It's always nice, and it just feels better. You know, it feels better, and it makes the it encourages, well, makes the show more attractive to new listeners. It's always a very welcome addition, trying to get this thing to frickin' work. There we go. <laughs> it is what it is. But, uh, yep, the No Baloney Podcast. want to thank Abel IS. Yep, I need to know MN. Yep, that one was the other one I read last week. And, yep, that's it so far. But thank you guys so much, so much. Those of you out there as well, though, that are willing to do that, that haven't yet, please write a nice positive review for Brave the Wild on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Podcast if humanly possible. And uh, maybe even write what you like improved as well, if it's, that's a small improvement you might be looking for. Otherwise, at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. Want to thank Vince Germano for retweeting the most recent episode. Couldn't thank you enough for that. Vince Germano out of Australia. Thank you very much for that. There's the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild, facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild. I can't remember if there was an actual post on there. I'll mention the phone lines in a second if there's nothing new. Yep, I was talking about in 11 games. Cunning already has as many points as acted in 27 games, and there were comments on that one, which uh, there was a kind of a little chuckle there from some people. Pavel Burnett out of Czech Republic says, not sure if it's a positive fact or not, because, again, you know, Eric's an act. Uh, he says, anyway, Parisi Coil and Cunning line rocks, and yes, they do. There's no doubt about that. Kurt back out of Lakeville says, that last goal was not Dubnik's fault. That was during the course of the game. David Abraham says he's picking up assists. Now he needs to hit the twine. And I agree with you 100%, David Abraham. Kurt Back says, that's awesome. And uh, no doubt. Needs to start hitting the twine, does uh, Mr. Cunning. It would be great. It really would. Uh, thank you for contributing, guys. David Abraham, Pavel Bunnett, Kurt Back. You guys are great. Pavel Bunnett and Merrick Skyba were doing a website, MNW Players, MNW Players, talking about Everybody from Zach Parisi down to the ECHL regarding the Minnesota Wild all the way down to their prospects. The top players on the NHL roster all the way down to the ECHL and college rankings and, and uh, overseas and all that. Cool to keep up with everything wild. Wonderful page. Wonderful page on Facebook and MNWplayers.com as well. Thanks again, Pavel Bunnett and Merrick Skyba. Uh, big shout out to MN, uh, excuse me, what is it called? Minnesota Wild Hardcore. Thank you guys very much uh, for providing that page. It's awesome. Minnesota Wild Hardcore Patch. They give one away every game. Uh, In-game threads. Pretty awesome. It's a cool little cool little patch you can put on your jersey. Love it. And Or if you want to, too, it could also be your little companion if you don't have a jersey. Or if you do have a jersey like I do, but are just been lazy about putting it on. And you, <laughs> That's what I've been doing so far. I love this thing, though, and I, I uh, cherish it. Oh, I almost dropped it. Poor little guy. There you go. He, he's right here in my Minnesota Wild Hardcore Patch. Love it. Thank you guys. Jim Maddell, Sarah Maddell, both out of Duluth, Chad Walski, Chance Costick, David Costick. Thank you guys again. Uh, mentioned you've, you've commented on this show at times, and uh, some of you listen, some of you may not, some of you do, but big shout out to that page, and thanks again. Uh, shout out to GPL, Go for Puck Live. I always encourage you to check that out. Go for Hockey podcast. It's more than worth a listen, and I love Go for Hockey. A lot of you might not. You might be MN Duluth or. St. Cloud State Huskies or Minnesota State Mavericks. Everybody's in love with that team. But they've never really done anything in the tournament. Uh, Duluth has. Oh, the rest of them really haven't, though. But we'll see. Let's go Bemidji State. If Yeah, Bemidji State. Let's let's see Bemidji State do something. I would love that, actually. Somebody way up north. That'd be cool. So with that, I'll give you a... <laughs> with that, let's get to the final final contact details. The phone line, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, and opine. There's the Call Now button on the Facebook page. Simply click on that. It goes to the same number through Facebook Messenger, so it's totally free. Uh, any type of connection, you'll be fine. And then the final route, which I highly recommend, is the audio submission route. It's a podcasting term where you basically use a free voice recording application on your smart device. Every smart device has one. 
Treat it like a phone call. Save it. Email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. And then I will uh, save it. Convert it over to an MP3 file. Thanks to Zumzar or Converto.com. Thank you very much to those websites for providing that service for free. As long as the file's not too big, which it wouldn't be, um, then I can have it on here on the show. And if you have Audacity and a microphone with a computer, go for it that way. Just email it to me, paladinolive at yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description. Thanks again, everyone. We'll talk to you next week, and go wild. (laughs) 